0: And Welcome to episode 66 of the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast. It seems like we've been on the 60s for ages, we really need to up our game, but alas, there's just not much, without the negativity, there's just not much to talk about at Baltimore Wonders this year, because once again we've had another extremely positive week. Joining me, Dan Murphy, this week is Mr. Tom Wilson, who during the course of this podcast will be referred to as Wilson, so Wilson, how are you?
1: I'm good mate, how are you?
0: I'm all right. I'm all right. That's, we're gonna start having to start house hunting again next week, and we think we found a banging uh, house for us all. So things ah, are looking that's cool. That's cool. And also joining us, no doubt enjoying his midterm break, is of course Tom
2: down the valley road. Tom, how is the hello? I've had a coffee and I'm uh, very very happy with what's happened this week. Keen and ready to talk about. Uh, how fantastic my football team is
0: mm, Well, as you said, before we get into the match that we've all watched either in physical form or on the television, let's first talk about the first 2-0 win that we've had in the week since the last podcast Bolton went to Millwall, a place where historically we're a bit dodgy We it was a match we lost when Owen Coyle was sacked uh, and I think I feel like we won there once from a really amazing goal, but I can't quite recall it. I feel maybe Darren Prattley. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's the one. We won one nil from Prattley and I think I want to say we won two 0 once as well and Beckford might have been involved somewhere. I might be muddling that up with other results. But mixed mixed successes at the den or the new den. But this time, a two 0 win, solid as you like, a, a cracking goal from Sammy on the orbit in the opening moments and then David Wheater somehow pulling out a volley out of that bag that has been firmly sealed for the past five years, which was a fairly good goal. It was absolutely made even more sweeter with him revealing a shirt under his bolt on top that said "Get Well Soon, Class." We of course continue to send our condolences and you know our best wishes to good old Ivan. So Tom, before you know before we do get into oh yeah Tom before we do get into the uh, the juicy stuff, Millwall that must have been impressive to see.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. You have mentioned we had a pretty bad form, but recently at Millwall, I thought our form was pretty decent. Mm. All I can think of is the um, the, the win where Prattley scored for us. I don't know how we got on last season, but let's face it, we were away from home. They, so really, we got they the league last season. Of really? course, yeah, of course. Um, so, I was hoping for a draw, um, but quietly hopeful because we'd started to turn things around. We'd stopped conceding goals. And, uh, you know, my mate who's got this theory about us trying to score in the first 10 minutes and hold on uh, was straight on to me to say, you know, that this this is this is happening. You know, we scored after about, what, was it six minutes? Yeah, if that. Uh, you know, so we scored quite early on with a fantastic strike from someone who we all flagged off on the last pod. So we need to keep doing that because mm-hmm. he's put in two blinding purposes since. Um, and then like you said, a very uh, surprising turn of events with David Wheaters scoring a volley into the bottom corner. A very uh, appropriate goal to, to give to Ivan Klasnich as a tribute, yeah, actually.
0: A volley on the spin. Could kinda get any. The, more.
2: Only, the only thing was it was with his right foot, but we'll let him off that.
0: Yeah, I, I
2: hazard to think of
0: what it would have where it would have ended up if it was his weaker <laughs> foot. But Wilson, yeah, this is what Tom's mate saying right. It does seem like Park is going for a smash and grab it early hold out and try and grab another goal at some point in the half and just be you know we're solid defensively now it's probably what we're best at is that what he's resting on
1: I mean when it happens a few times you can probably draw it up to just being a coincidence but it's literally happening happening every single game so I mean I don't I think that is I think Tommy mate's got a point there
2: No, I don't don't To this, and
1: he's gonna
0: be so <laughs> Yeah, but a great yeah, a great win away, and then you know, obviously none of us watched that. We can only talk about the goals and the you know the series of events. And the second great result Bolton had within the time we last podcasted was on Monday night. We only went to Gig Lane and won there against Bury for the first time in 89 years. It's a massive local derby, probably, probably our historically probably our biggest rivals. Tom, but no, they because they went to Shite, kind of fell by the wayside. Is that is that correct? Am I correct in thinking that?
2: Um, I, th- I think it depends on Bolton fans of a certain age. I mean, the last time we played Bury, apart from the cup game, uh, quite recently. Um, the last time for me was I must have been about six or seven, um, and Neil Cox scored, uh, you know, like a, a last-minute consolation. So I've I've never known this this rivalry, um, but seeing how excited the Berry fans were about it um, gives you an idea of the history from from their perspective. Because I think they were very excited about mm, about that match.
0: Very sad once the full-time whistle went to, and no doubt very sad. When Zach Clough shit them on two occasions. You were at the game, Tom. Me and Wilson only were only merely able to watch it on the television, so I guess we couldn't quite grasp how great the atmosphere was, but it must have been some
2: to something. Yeah it was. Um we, we we were in the ground from about seven o'clock, about three quarters of an hour before kick off. Um and the atmosphere even from that point was building. I mean it was mostly at that point, um a small group of berry fans. Um and they played the part until about 20 minutes in. Um, after we'd got the goal, they soon went very quiet because I think they, they got an idea of, of what was coming. Um, but I thought both sets of fans were, were were decent. Bolton fans were fantastic. There was loads of them. Uh, we were noisy. Uh, um, listening back to all the interviews, um, any clips from, from Sky, and you can, you can really hear the, the support coming through. Um, the atmosphere was really good,
0: mm, and it's you know it kind of it seems like it transpired onto the pitch as well because Matt Beavis commented, commented, rather, last night about how good the fans are, how it gives them that extra bonus. And everything. we were two 0 winners. It seemed like we like said, like I said with the Millwall game, we scored early, um, first twenty minutes or so. Then after that, we just shut up shop, controlled the game. Maybe you know very. Had a lot of the ball, but they not re- didn't really create much, and just we just controlled it, grabbed another on a counter attack, and jobs are good and run it Wilson.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I thought <clears throat> I thought we did play really well. People were complaining about us not having a great deal of possession, but I really think that's what Parkinson's going for. I don't yeah. think he he wants the other team to just come out of because he knows our defence is so solid. Yeah. Wear themselves out. It's like that, um, you know that. Simpsons, where honor becomes a boxer.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And he's just so good because he can just take so many hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's us in football team form.
0: Yeah, I, I don't see the point, as a point of us having so much possession when we're not very good with it. We just, you know, we. It seems like we're good, quick, and incisive when the players don't really have to think about it or anything. But when they've got the ball and they have to make passes and make runs, we just seem to freeze and have a lot of the ball without doing much of it in those types of situations. Which games like. Even though I thought we played really well against Southend, that kind of displays it. Where a team where, again, in the games where in which we have most of the ball, we don't tend to win. Whereas the ones where we just show up shop, we do. So Tom from the terraces, what was what were, what were we like? How good were we?
2: Uh, I agree with what um, you both alluded to about having the players to do it. I mean, we all remember. Dougie Friedman trying to play which involved from passing the ball from fullback to central midfielder to fullback again, um, and we never really did anything with the football. We had a lot, of, we had a lot of it, but we didn't create much. And I think you could make a case for Neil Lennon being guilty of that. Well, he's playing the right style of play for the players he's got, and let's face it, it's successful at the minute. You know, the, the, the style of play is working. Um, yeah, we didn't have a lot of the ball, but for all the passing that Berry did across our midfield. Um, they didn't threaten us, you know. The it was a case of um, uh, what's the lad? The, is it Mellis? Josh Mellis? Oh, uh, oh
0: Mayer. Uh, Danny Mayer.
2: Oh, Mellis, the midfielder, the midfielder. 19. Mellis midfield with yeah. new fans. It seemed to be that it was it was starting in the middle. They were trying to spray it out to the full back, get the ball back, um, and then it was a case of right, let's give it to Zeli Ismail and see what he can do with it. Mm, and then he came what? up against Danny Taylor. He was just saying you know, do your best, pal, because you're not getting past me. Um, so we we played the right way to take on a team like Berry. I mean, Flitcroft has these pie-in-the-sky ideas of how he can get a team the size of Berry with the players that they have. He's got this idea that he can turn them into a football inside. And there's nothing to them. There's nothing uh, cutting-edge about that football team at all. Listen, we do what we do and we do it well. We get it over the top. Uh, Vela presses really well from that attacking midfield position. Clough and Sammy Amiobi were giving the fullbacks nightmares on and off the ball. Uh, and Gary Medina, thought, considering he was he was isolated for large parts of the game, I thought he played his part really well uh, and led the line well. So, listen, it might not be pretty to look at, but do you know what? Give me boring. And I've said this oh, on, on Twitter a couple of times. And I've said it on the podcast, give me boring, I'll take boring. If it means that we're winning 1-0, 2-0, yep. I'll take boring. For boring wins games.
0: than entertaining losses. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So we'll get on to who, who we all thought played well and maybe who... Well, I think everyone played well, so who we thought specifically played well. But first, we'll let the hey, police... Oh, yeah. we'll, let the, we'll let the police leave. Um, Clough, it was a... Uh, he won both the penalties, he scored both the penalties, really composed, really good shots. First one, bit of contentious, but former Bolton right back, Ad- 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 Niall Mayer, sorry, get his first assist for the club as he came into contact with Clough and Clough went under, down under the pressure. So, Wilson, you love that type of housing. Was it a penalty for you?
1: No, it wasn't and that's what I love about it. Um, yeah. <coughs> yeah. yeah. He went down way too easily. He definitely <clears throat> took advantage of the contact that was on him okay. and you know good on him he had the option to do that may Mayer gave him the option to do that yeah, and he absolutely. took full advantage of it
0: sometimes it's uh, quite beneficial for Clough being lightweight because it's kind of believable when he goes down yeah with the light touches but tom what do you think
2: uh yeah i agree with the with the comment about maybe Clough being a smaller player and he gets away with it because we've seen how players like proctor and medine tend to get very little um I think it's stupid defending. Zach Clough is chasing the ball. He's headed away from goal towards the byline. Yeah, if he gets a touch on the ball, he's probably going to try and turn Mayer inside. But whatever he's thinking, trying to put his arms around Zach Clough, it's a ridiculous decision as a defender. Um,
0: Especially one who knows Clough. So, you know, he's trained with Clough for so many years.
2: Yeah, and he, he probably knows that Clough is, has got the quality and the ability to get past him, but you don't put your arms around a, around a player like that in the box. Um, and he's, he's just it's just a, a, an open invitation to give a penalty away. The referee was miles away. When I saw Clough go down, immediately I looked for the referee.
1: Yeah. And
2: he, he wasn't even on the halfway line. And he, he sprinted a good 10, 15 yards to get anywhere near the situation. Well, it
0: was a quick counter-attack, wasn't it, from uh, Long Howard
2: Oh God. Yeah. Oh, I'm not expecting the referee to keep up with that cluff, don't get me wrong, but he's miles away from the incident. Um, he's sprinted a good ten, fifteen yards, had a look towards the linesman and and blown and, and pointed to the spot. Um, I actually thought when he was running to it and he put his, when he when he went to his whistle, I thought he was gonna butt cluff for diving. Um, it was the other end of the ground from me. Um so at the time I, I couldn't see it um, but looking back at it it's just a stupid piece of defending it really is ridiculous
0: Does it make you feel potentially better about letting Mayo go in the summer Wilson?
1: Um, I mean <clears throat> I never saw any of Mayo so him leaving really didn't have an effect on me but yeah it was really funny the fact that it was an ex Bolton player oh,
0: I love it I love how he just shithoused his partner team mate. And, you know, <laughs> as, you know, it was Neil Danz who nearly got an assist for Clough as well and what what do we think about Clough? He's getting into the swing I think. now. So he's got four goals in three games, I wanna say, maybe four. Am I right in saying that? He did score two the other week in another game. He did.
2: He did. He scored four in his last three.
0: Right, there we go. What, what what do we think of him at the minute? Because he's getting the goals, he's playing well, but then he had that chance when Dan's played him in and showed kind of a lack of composure in it and, you know, could have easily got a second in the first half and would have been It would have been even more comfortable. What
2: what do we think, Tom? Uh, If you look at that shot, he's put it right at Niall Mayer's head as well. Yeah, literally. Niall Mayer didn't have to... uh, And I couldn't believe that he'd taken a shot at that point. Someone Mm. like Clough, who's who's gone round um, the goalkeeper, it's a good touch. He's brought it onto his favourite foot. He's got time there to take one, two more touches. He can actually make Mayer commit and come out and slide under him, or take him on and put it in the back of the net. And that really would have killed Berry off. Um, he had a good effort in the second half, which was a great save, actually. Um, I, th- he, I mean, including the penalty, he could have had four. He had, a, he had a good chance in the second half that was saved well by the keeper. And he's got to, he's got to be doing better with, he, with that second chance in the first half. He's got to take at least an, one more touch, make the defender commit, and, and put it in the back of the net. Um, luckily... It, it didn't cost us on Monday night, uh, um, but I couldn't believe that a player of his quality and his his temperament rushed that effort. Hmm.
0: What do we think, Wilson? Is it is it? It's weird. Isn't it? It's a weird one. Is it? Do you think the club who first broke through scored that? Are we? Is he still a bit rusty, or is he just maybe lost that edge or something? Or are we being too mean? It was just one chance he missed. Still scored two goals. Still got the goods. Still won us the points. Am being I'm maybe am I reading a bit too much into it?
1: I think he was just one of those. He just um, made the wrong decision. I think most attackers do that. <clears throat> but yeah, Clough, Clough in general, I think if he stays uninjured, he's really going to start coming into his own. And I actually said this on a podcast last season. I couldn't tell you which one it was, obviously. But I suggested that we should start playing him in from the left. And yeah. um, I think that's what he's packaged and started doing. And he's, mm-hmm. I mean, having the best in, of his career since <clears throat> the season he broke through. Yeah. So I'm not it? I'm not taking credit for it, but ah, yeah
0: no you should, we should you should be the manager Wilson. I think we all know
1: that.
0: <laughs> Tom, how was he? In Just tell everyone
1: to dive on it. Oh
0: yeah, always always good for the diving. So Tom, how was he watching You know the physical form. How was Clough performance in general? Uh,
2: he looked he looked on fire. Um, he looked on on that left wing, particularly in the second half when the fullback started to tire. Um, he looked like he, he was going to cause trouble every time he went forward. Um, and one thing that Parkinson mentioned, which which I picked up on and a couple of people around me picked up on during the game, is how hard Clough and Amiobi were working off the ball and the protection that they were giving to the full-backs. Um, and it, he, he looked like he was just going to cause problems every time he had it. Um, I think Vela linked up really well with both of those wingers. Um, I don't know where he's from, but he's... Pre- was, was incredible um, his, his energy levels were, were fantastic um, so I quite enjoyed Clough playing out on the left um, but we'll see how that progresses um, I don't think he's going to be able to to play up front um, and the reason for that is the way Parky plays he's going to want one big man up there uh, and if Clough's going to get a bit more space out on the left wing uh, where it's a bit less can Congested. it might it might prove useful to have him out on the wing rather than in the middle where it's a bit congested.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's a good point. I was going to ask you about Amiobi and Feather at all. That's like it seems to be a forward three now. Clayton's coming yep. back soon because of Keshi Anderson knocking about a couple of other players. James Henry. Is this the first choice forward three going forward now? Is like is Amiobi starting every night? No, we were kind of critical of Amiobi in the last podcast. He's got a cracking goal. Uh, midweek against Millwall, is he is he turning the page now? Is he finally you know finally you know, he's had a good run of games under his belt? Is he finally finally starting to like show his potential?
2: He looks fitter. He looks oh, like yeah. he he looks like he can get through ninety minutes. Um, and he didn't really seem to get tired in the second half, which which has been very noticeable in yeah. the first few games that he's played. Um, his work off the ball, his work rate was was um, far busier than than any. Thing I've seen from him so far um, so it looks like he's improving and I think it's maybe just getting used to playing in our new style I think uh, this formation suits him a lot better than, than the diamond we were playing um, but at the minute, listen, when Max is back, let's give Max plenty of time and see if he can get to the level that we, that we wanted him to get to um, and Jay Henry at the minute, I, I think he's just going to have to be a bit patient because I, I've not seen much from Henry to suggest that
1: he's earned a, a starting place. Mm.
0: Would you agree with that, Wilson?
1: Yeah, I would. <clears throat> um, on Ami obey he's, he's starting to win the other. Because earlier in the game, he did that thing where he like took on like, three players and like almost scored but you just kind of put it the keeper so if he keeps on doing stuff like that because I mean and I can bet him to Liam Feeney and I don't think you would have seen Liam Feeney doing that you know taking on defenders and then trying to have a shot yeah, and a, I like that in it seems a, like he's doing a skill
0: play. that's actually meaningful now and not just yeah exactly doing it for show sake. it's couple more players I want to talk to the lads about first of all Derek Derek we've all been calling for it since pretty much all season and Derek they finally started in the defensive midfield role alongside Jay Spearing in the absence of Tom Thorpe. And apologies for that, my lads. My lads, my flat makes a playing PES. I presume a last-minute winner just went in, so <laughs> we digress. Derek, how do, you do Tom because I've heard mixed mixed reports, but we all want Derek to succeed there. We all think Derek's a good player; and can offer you know the. The defensive guile, along with the elegant passing. So, how
2: do they do on Saturday? On Monday, even. Uh, I saw a friend of mine before kick-off, and he, he kind of alluded to Derek, and he said, "What you know? This isn't what he signed out for. You know, he's come from the Burnabout to, to Gig Lane in a matter of two years." Um, watching Derek and Spear in that midfield was a little bit like when your older brother and his mate would play football down at the park with you, and oh, he just okay. wasn't. I mean, those two in midfield, they're, just, they're, just, they're not League One players. No no way. Um, and a big part of not being troubled by Berry's passing was that Spearing and Derrick were just always there, always pressing the ball, always there with the footing. Together, as a two, they played really well. And I know that when Parky went to 2-3 and Thorpe played with Spearing in that holding position, Spearing had a better game. But both of those on... Um, on Monday night, just it, it, it was like, like I said, it was like the older brothers coming down to the park for a kickabout and and taking the Mick. They're just they're just absolutely a class apart from a team like Berry. So we're happy
0: with Derek. Then yeah, hey,
2: sounds you're very positive there, Tom. Yeah, yeah, he, he had a good game. The only thing I'm thinking is against the more physical teams, um, is he is he still going to uh, stand above that 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 standard? I think there may be um, games where. A player like Tom Thorpe is possibly more useful to us um, if we're coming up against an uglier team. Mm. Uh, but he, he had a very good game. very good.
0: Really good to hear. It's good to hear that people agree with me. Wilson, what do you think of Derek?
1: I completely agree with that. I think people have been really harsh on him <clears throat> on social media and stuff. Like I saw people comparing his performance to when Gerard and Lampard used to play together for England. Oh. Like they were just incompatible, and I really disagree with that. <clears throat> to be fair to, um, to be fair to though. I think Svearin did have a better game. I can't remember a great deal of standout moments from Derek, other than a pretty good block he made in the second half. But I mean, for that position, you don't need standout moments every game. You just need reliability, and yeah. I think Derek definitely gave that.
0: Especially in League One, we don't really need them to be fucking all over the show being, you know, exactly. match winners. We just need them to do one job, protect that defence, make us solid. Because in this league, it's not rocket science. All you need, really, is a solid defence and then someone who can score goals. Hopefully, Clough could provide a latter, which has been so sorely lacking in this squad since Adam LaFondra left. Another player, Tom, which you'll be... I'll just make sure this table isn't going to rise when I say the name, Tom. It's <laughs> Laurie Wilson. He's coming to the team since the injury to Lewis Louis Buxton, even though he is back fit now. And he seems to be playing well, shockingly. How was he on Tuesday? I, I thought he showed us right to be actually looking really quite good. So what did you think?
2: I thought there was a couple of occasions where he was caught out in the second half. Um, he was caught a little bit narrow um, and gave his winger a, a bit too much space to run at him. But he's having a bit of a run in the team. Like I said, the issue that we've got at right-back is that both of our right-backs share the same weakness. Um, being that they don't like pace. Yeah. Um, so when, when we're looking at coming up against a particular player, we can't say, oh, let one. Play uh, Laurie Wilson against against Bradford because we know we've got pace on the wings and he can deal with it. Both of their weaknesses is, is when he when they're on the back four against someone with with a bit of pace. Yep. Um, I did think that of the back four, he he had the worst game of the back four, but that's probably only because the other three for me were all nine out of ten, yep. um, and and that's no exaggeration. I thought Andy Taylor. Weeter and Beavers were, were brilliant. Um, if, if they were going to get past us, it was going to be from, from right back. Not to say that Laurie had a bad game. Um, I just think that we were really so good. Oh, yeah, well, we know this. And he, he, knows, he knows I've got love for him. He knows that. And I'm uh, I'm glad to see him playing every game. Um, but at the minute, I can't really decide between our two right backs. Um on the other fullback position, I'm firmly in the belief that Andy Taylor is far superior to Dean Moxie. Let's
0: talk about Andy Taylor, because he's he going to move on to next. And he does look really good, doesn't he, Wilson? I mean, he looks solid, he looks dependable, he gets forward well. His crossing's not the best, even though he did put in one really, really good low ball that nobody was in the box to meet. He looks like, you know, he just... Is it is it because he's not Dean Moxie?
1: Um, I don't know. <clears throat> On Under Taylor, though, it was that was honestly one of the best fullback performances I've seen from us, from <clears throat> from many of our fullbacks in a long, 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 long time. Like I couldn't tell you the last time I've been that impressed with a fullback in a Bolton game. Why, he just looked, re- he just looked really up for it for all ninety minutes, and that yep. sort of mini rivalry he had with Israel was yeah. like really kind of fascinating to watch. And he, I think he definitely got the better of him.
0: He strikes me as. A player who can become a bit of a cult hero. He likes laughing with the fans. He likes being funny. He likes, he's like, say, he seems like he's up for the derbies. He seems to me as a player who can like get the fans on side and like just really kind of gel with them.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. He seems like a great guy, and he just, I, I was just, he, didn't, he made me a really big fan of him that game because I, I didn't really have an opinion on him beforehand. Yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely a big fan of Andy yeah, Taylor. I, no.
0: I just still remember the Wimbledon match when he went for a piss in the portal and everyone just started singing he <laughs> he went for a piss and he was just loving it. It was great. But come on, Tom, you want to talk about Andy Taylor? Have you found a new love? Oh, Laurie's Yeah, good. I Laurie's know. What,
2: what, what is it with me and full-backs? Don't, I mean, Laurie, don't get jealous, mate, but there's room for both of you in this loving. Um, I mean, Wimbledon away when we were singing to yeah. Gary Mede, Gary Medine was getting a bit upset. Andy Wilson, kind of look. You sat Andy on the bench. Andy
0: Wilson, you buy them both. Sorry. You want the best of both worlds.
1: That's actually my brother's name, fully. <laughs> I want them all. I want them all.
2: <laughs> my apologies, God. He's not going to. He's not going to fancy uh, getting in touch with me now, is it? I thought uh, he, he kind of turned um, on the bench and looked to the fans, and he had this cheeky little grin. Um, and that was fantastic, and I thought, yeah, he's, he's up for it now. Um, and then on Monday night, there was the there was a situation where the ball went out of play. He'd put a, a big tackle in on Ismail. Very fans didn't like it. And then when Ismail was down on the floor, the balls come off Wilson. Uh, Wilson, Christ Taylor. Um, when he, the balls come off Ismail um, and for a ball and throwing, the ball went out of play, um, and Taylor's gone to pick it up and the Berry fans have ran to the to the, to the hoardings and they've given him dog abuse and he just stood there and stared at them um, waiting for them to, to have the two minutes where they, where they got, all the, got all this pressed anger because naughty men did naughty things to them when they uh, and they got all that out of this, and the biggest rivals on cup final day and he was like right you do and can I take this throwing now, Um and then off he went I think if there was anything was going to come uh, from Berry. it was from the right wing, and the days uh, Ismail got past him and put a cross in, and um uh, swept up and put it out for a call, And I thought, oh god, here we go. This is where they're going to get us. But then after that, he won everything. Taylor won everything. He won every header with him, every tackle. Um, he, he was doing the simple things right. Uh, see second Oxford goal at the Macron, and you see a, and you see in Moxie. Um, fall to his knees. Listen, he's made a mistake. But when you see him give up and not run back and make that that gesture to to salvage the situation, and then you compare that with Taylor um, and, and Wilson, you you made the point that he got the idea that it was a derby. Oh, yeah. He was he was fired up um, and he used the the atmosphere, I think, and and he really got into the spirit of it. Um, and you see the effort that he put in. That, for me, is a player that is auditioning for a for a contract with every game, and at the minute, he's playing really well, and um, I couldn't be happier with him, and I think that back four at the minute, uh, right-back position still a little bit up for grabs, but that back four at the minute, it looks unbelievable mm. for this level.
0: Yeah, I saw an interesting question on Twitter today, actually, someone said, if we'd have kept Holding, and now, if you forget that, we probably wouldn't have re-signed Weeta if Holding had stayed, but... If you had a kept holding, would you ever have holding with Beavers or would you keep Weeter and Beavers together? What do you think, Tom? Because I think that's a really interesting question.
2: <sighs> You'd probably end up putting holding at right back, wouldn't you? Yes, probably. For the sake of making the back four as good as it can be. I think sometimes you put two defenders together and it, and it, and it either works or it doesn't. I mean, for example, anyone else with Dorian Devee, doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, Beavers and Wheater, it's just it's just clicked. And I thought, when I saw them together at Wimbledon, I thought, these two boys are too similar. We've got a left-footed and a right-footed version of the same player. Um, but it, it works. Any long balls, Beavers has got a little bit extra pace um, to deal with anything in behind. Listen, Rob is probably going to go on to be a bigger and better defender than mm-hmm. both of those two. Um, but I think if it's <laughs> And they're all raving. If is there,
1: he'd probably get shifted to right-back.
0: Mm-hmm. What do you think, Wilson?
1: I'm absolutely in agreement. I think if we did have holding, it'd be, <clears throat> you know, h- hindsight being what it is, it'd be much more beneficial to put him at right-back. Because I wouldn't change Wieter and Beavers for the world right now. Fucking mm-hmm. like Thiago Silva could come into the team and I'd be like, uh, just, just bench him, all right, we've got these two lads to sweep <laughs> him out. Know? So I mean, I'm just so happy with both of them and I'm so glad that... I'm really glad for Wheater as well because he's really gotten... Yeah. This is like a second wind in his career.
0: It reminds me, Wilson, it's like kind of like Brian Kendrick being back on Raw. Oh, <laughs> definitely.
1: Yeah, that's a great comparison. One,
0: one for the wrestling fans there. We love you all. Yeah, and it's... Honestly, I noticed it's really nice to see Holden doing well. He played for Arsenal in the Cup uh, yesterday and they're all fucking raving about him. So he's going to be a star, that lad, and good fucking on him. Is there any other players you want to talk about, Tom, from the game? Anyone else particularly fancy?
2: Anyone else perk your interests? Josh Bella? Yeah. yeah. Uh, More advanced I never position, thought. Finally. Yeah, I never thought that when we when we were talking about Josh Bella's position, it would be as a number ten. Um, but I mean, he could get into a, a Jurgen Klopp team with his level of pressing. It was like it was like watching Firmino for Liverpool. He was everywhere. I mean, he's pretty his work off the ball was unbelievable um, and he gives us him and Medine give us that defending from the front mentality because Vela doesn't give people a minutes piece um, and also I mean Vela's strongest attribute is his, is his link up play and I think if he's playing slightly further forward closer to, to, to your Cluffs um, and your, your, your Rami Obis then I think he can probably do a bit more damage I thought, he was, I thought Vela was fantastic and to be honest in terms of picking a man of the match from Monday night, it's so difficult. You could give it to six or seven players because there were, they were six or seven that, were, were, that gave a, a solid nine out of ten performance on Monday night.
0: Mm, yeah, absolutely. I think Beavers just always... like. There's no point really having him in a discussion for a man of the match talk because he's just always the man of the match and otherwise he'd just be boring. So he's just so fucking good. I think, I think he probably was my man of the match from watching the game because... I was watching it in bits and bobs when I was like making my tea and stuff and the internet was being shit but every time I looked up it seemed like Beavers was just being fucking a god so yeah Wilson was there anyone else you particularly you thought particularly played well
1: um, I need to bring up old Gaz for a minute oh, okay. okay. everybody on social media um, including the line of Vienna chat um, and in the Skype call a little bit were saying that Medine had a good game and I really don't think he did. I, just, I, think uh, he, I
0: agree with
1: you. I think he was poor to average. And average is generous. Because there was this one time that I want to highlight in the game. Where I think it was Taylor got a really good ball into the box. Right. It was, like it was a, a low one, yeah. Yeah, and Dean just kind of stood back and just watched it go past. And it's like, you really should be attacking that ball. You're a striker, you're supposed to be scoring goals. Like, granted, he has other jobs on the pitch, but... His number one priority should be to score goals, and he just didn't look like he wanted to attack the ball.
0: Yeah, I just... agree. I did think he was poor, and I'm sure Tom will tell us how he did play well. He was isolated, and he, you know he did his bit. But I, I just, I'm still glad we kept him because I think if, we, if he had gone, we'd be, really would be fucked. Especially after fucking Jeremy Proctor's miss because holy shit! Oh yeah. But I just we need a strike. We need a good big man, and we just. We have two middle two poor ones, and the sooner we get a good one in, I think the sooner we'll be more, we'll be a lot, we'll be a lot more threatening. But Tom, do you want to tell us about why the Deans actually played well?
2: Yeah, I've just sat there just shaking my head while both <laughs> of you've been talking. Um, you must have been watching a different game to me because, when with an attacking midfielder and a diamond if he doesn't link up the play, if he if he isn't as involved in the link-up and he's not making things happen, then mm-hmm. But, the work that the attacking a large period of the game where Gary Medine was completely 15-20 yards away from another yellow shirt and a lot of the tactic in the first half was long ball from Howard or from a centre half, in between the centre half and the full back, not to Gary Medine, but behind him and something for him to chase down. Um and I think he put in a real graft against two relatively big centre halves and I think he came out on top. I think you saw when Jamie Proctor came on that there is a a difference in the quality of those two. And I oh, think yeah, definitely. Proctor's I think, definitely the, the lesser of the two evils. But. Yeah, I think you, you, you see the difference when Proctor comes on. Um, if he's playing up, if he's playing up front in a two, or if he's played particularly in the first half, if we're dominating a game and he's not involved, then fine. You know, you're well within your rights to say he needs to do doing more. But in a performance like that, where we spent a lot of the first half an hour without the ball, he did he did the ugly stuff, and um, sometimes that goes unnoticed.
0: Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's just a weird one. It? It's clearly does the job and he's clearly like, like an important part of the team, but he just as Wilson says, he just doesn't he just he just doesn't seem extincti- instinctive enough in the box. Like he'll never make the run. If a ball lands at his feet he might be able to do something with it, but he's never gonna make the run to try oh, bust the guts to try and get there, but saying that I dunno. It's a weird it's a weird one with me. It's a very conflicting issue, I must say. But we've turned a corner now, it seems we had started well. We had the rough patch with the Diamond. It seemed like the bit the start of the season with Diamond was probably getting lucky a little bit. And then that luck came Ponto Reese when we didn't win for eight games and it was a it was quite rocky at times. But now we've switched back to a forty three one. I think that from what I've seen it feels like the comf- the players look infinitely infinitely more comfortable, especially the wide players, the attacking players, they look a lot more comfortable playing in set positions out wide and then behind a the striker rather than half midfield, half attack. So is this the way we're gonna keep going forward in this formation? And how far are we gonna go this season, Wilson? Are we we're looking good there, are we is this the start of a run for one run of form? Are we are we gonna do it? With what, with two three points behind top and two points in front of third. So, you know it's a weird one.
1: I don't see why we shouldn't carry on like this, because we've not got any um <clears throat> lingering injury concerns. We have players coming back. And I just wanna give some credit to Phil Parkinson. Like He really wanted that diamond to work, clearly. But once he realised that it just wasn't cutting out, he just dropped it. And you couldn't say that about managers like Dougie Friedman and Owen Coyle. When they wanted a system to work, they'd force it until we'd get a result. And that's not what Parkinson's about. He just wants to get wins. And that if that means dropping a system that he believes in, he'll do it. And that's why I think he's a fantastic manager.
0: What about you, Tom? What do you think?
1: That's a, That's a really good point a really good point he,
2: um, the diamond was working because we were going long um, and then the, the knockdowns the second balls were in a very crowded congested area and that's where Vella was getting his, his goals and his chances from and Spearing was getting his, his efforts from because those second balls were falling into the middle of the park but teams pretty quickly realised if you hit us on the wings um, then you've only got the fullback to beat and you've seen how, how Oxford um, nullified us um and like 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 Wilson's alluded to um he's been smart enough to see that teams have have seen through the diamond that we maybe haven't got the fullbacks to confidently play it. He's gone back to a system that the players are more comfortable with um without majorly changing our style of play It's not involved you know passing it out from the back um we're now playing a similar style, but with a bit more in terms of um security on the wings. We're not getting him behind people on the wings. Um, it seems to be work that we're doing off the ball, but he's been smart enough um, to notice that we needed to change it, and it, it's working. Mm-hmm. But we need to be we need to be ready for that. Maybe to be the case again if teams, you know, see issues with the four-five-one and try and beat us that way. Because it's not just Bury that, that see Bolton Wanderers as their cup final. There's going to be a lot of teams like Oxford, um, like Rochdale who are just going to find that little bit extra for a match against us because we're the team to beat.
0: Mm, yeah, I think that's absolutely right. It's, it's, it's promising. We, like I said, we're looking even after a bad slump and to think that Bradford have you know only just started losing games. The fact that we're still above them, it's really good. It shows that we can go rough through rough patches and as long as we come out of it and get some wins on the board. Then we should still be competing all the way until the end and... I look forward to the end of this to how this season plays out because I think it could be could be quite a special one for us, especially after how turgid last year was. I want to find one final thing before we before we wrap this fucking technically plagued podcast out. Peter Adam Wingy that was a whirlwind of emotions. He was in for training this weekend and then was signed for Rotherham while we were playing Bury. Now obviously we're not going to sign us. We can't debate whether. You know, the pros and cons to that, but Wilson, would you have taken Odden Wingate or are you not asked that he's gone to a higher league?
1: I really wanted him, honestly. I really wanted him. <clears throat> um, I'm not sure if I've said this in a previous podcast, but I would have, I was hoping for the kind of, you know, when we've loaned Beckford to Preston, when we were just kind of fed up with Beckford, then he went on to have one of the, you know, half seasons of his life. I really wanted... I really thought something like that would happen if we signed Adam Wingy. So I really wanted that signing to happen. Mm -hmm.
0: But alas, it did not. Tom, what do you think? Would you have had
2: him? I'd have had him, but I'm not overly bothered about missing out on him. Yeah. Uh, He's... for For a striker who was known for being pacey, you don't really want to be signing that type of striker when he's 35. Um... If you sign in a Fernando Hierro, a ball playing midfielder, or you know a, a centre half that's 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 big and good in the air, then fair enough, age is less of a, a problem. But when you're a centre forward that relies on pace, people aren't going to be sniffing around you at, at that sort of age. Um, I, I'd I'd have been I'd have been mildly pleased and, and waiting to see how he would get on, but I still think that Keshi hasn't had much of a chance. We've obviously got Max coming back. He's got his two target men, so I'm not, not overly bothered that we've missed out on him. And let's face it, he's got he's got form for uh, surprising teams at the last minute, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think it would have been nice. It would have been, you know, he I think he's still probably he's played well for Bristol City last year. Still has a bit of pace about him. Would have been nice to have that as an option. But I say we've got better younger options in and around the club. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily necessarily say better but we've got younger options that are actually our players in the, with it in and out of the squad. It would have been nice, but I'm not over, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. It's not as if we've lost it to a rival. And, yeah, so and I have, on a side note, before we do wrap up, how funny is it that Alan Stubbs has already been sacked? Has he really? Yeah, he got sacked last week. Kenny Jackett's in charge now. Oh, that's awful. And how funny <laughs> as well, while we're on this topic, Wigan's second called well already. It's nice to be I- able to laugh at them again.
1: Have you seen their um, two favourites to replace him as well?
0: well why don't you end up like us,
1: Ryan Giggs and Carl Robinson? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you all seen his favourite for the Wolves job? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Douglas Friedman. Oh, this, <laughs> this, this, the championships are fun league. I can't wait to be back there next season. But anyway, I th- everyone,
2: I think there's um, there's a word of warning with the Wigan situation. Yes. Um, that we as a club need to, 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 to bear in mind um, I remember this happened to Colin Todd when we went up under Colin Todd uh, in 96 97 um, the, the team had managed just over 100 goals just fallen short of 100 points we were by far the best team in the league, we were the Newcastle of that time by Christmas of that season the season after promotion, people were talking about sacking him. Um, The same has happened to Gary Caldwell. We need to, well, as as fans, as a football club, we need to appreciate the gap between League One and the Championship is probably bigger than it's ever been. And Wigan walked League One after a bit of a shaky start. And they're now seriously struggling. And what I would suggest is if we've got a manager who has the ability to get us promoted then let's not do what Wigan did and turn on him after 10-11 games because we're um, there's a big gap between those two divisions and I think you know Gary Caldwell getting the sack probably highlights that but I'd like to think that we we have more about us than to turn against the manager
0: Yeah very poignant and correct message there I think with Wigan it's a bit weird because he kind of did dismantle the winning team last year like they sold the captain they just got rid of the centre back partnership they have replaced Juskalainen with Bogdan a few key key players that got on that promotion were inexplicably swapped for players that they thought were better and obviously haven't turned out to be so but yeah, it's definitely a thing that we need to be wary of and not to be dirty turncoat snakes within six weeks of struggling in the Championship if that does happen but anyway, my friends that is the end of Lion of Vienna Podcast episode 66 it's been it's been a difficult one. It's only taking an hour and a half to do, and it's <laughs> 45 minutes long. Jesus Christ. mad by technical difficulties. Virgin Media, you are a cunt. But anyway, a quick reminder. <laughs> we are still up for the Best Club Blog Award in the FBAs. The voting ends this Friday, I do believe. So please, 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 please share us with votes on the Twitter. You go to the website. You know where it is. You've got to say, I am voting for Line of the Suite in this award. It'd be very nice if you could do it. We're probably not going to win, but we'd love to, because who doesn't like, you know, um, physical objects that express their success? Say. Eh? elsewhere, you can, of course, you can go over to lineofyensuite.com for a whole... Oh, tell you what we didn't talk about, Tom. Shit, I started doing the outro about you talking about the police. You wrote a, oh. a, a cracking article about the great Man. police. Cool. Um, yeah, well... Go on, t- us with that.
2: Well, just don't be lazy. Find us on the website and read it. It's a pretty good article and people seem to like it. So if you're listening, go give it a read. Don't be lazy. I'm I not know. telling give it.
0: Give her the gist. I've... Give her the
2: gist. Come on. Okay. It was um, my appreciation for the... Uh, what's the word? The effective operation of the policing of the match. Um, I had a, a little manny road with me and I was quite concerned in the build-ups of the game of any potential trouble. Um, there was the... There was the potential for it before and after the game. Um, However, uh, I thought the police did the jobs fantastically well. Not only that, um, we felt welcome rather than um, a group to be viewed with suspicion and to be maybe snarled at and pointed in the right direction and shoved along the way to the ground. Um, We were greeted with a smile. Um, We had... Positive, constructive conversations, treated like adults uh, and by and large all ran smoothly. So I I just thought that we always seem to hear the bad when it comes to policing at football matches. So it was time to uh, maybe pass some some well wishes on.
0: Absolutely. And it was a great article. So if you haven't seen it, please do go check it out. So well done to Great Manchester Police, and well done to us for getting through this podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Mabroski. You can follow Tom on Twitter at R D. and you can follow Wilson on Twitter at cult of cult of Wilson. You can follow us all on Twitter at lineofinsd, go on to Facebook dot com forward slash for all links to articles and stuff. And of course, go over to lineofinsuite dot com for all the Bolton coverage. And well, lads, if there's nothing else left to say, I guess it's time to say goodbye. Unless Tom, do you wanna do you wanna um, see you at the podcast again with another dedication.
2: Well, I, I have got something to say okay. to, to, the, to the same group that I dedicated the last pod oh, well. to, so it might, might be fitting. Well,
0: goodbye. Say goodbye, to uh, Wilson. Even. See you, lads. It's goodbye for me, Cella V. The floor is all down the money RDs.
2: <laughs> when you go to bed tonight in your towns and houses of Berry, turn Bury. off your big light, kneel at the edge of your bed and just pray that Bolton Wanderers don't get promoted because maybe, just just maybe, next season you'll get another match like that where you can get <laughs> all excited, you can send your tweets, you can sing your song, you can bring your drum and your flair along with you and maybe, just maybe, you might score a goal next time. Sweet dreams.